Invest in yourself today with our Insider Pro product, which gives you the career path to reach the next step in your cybersecurity journey. Join today on Cyberry.it using the discount code PODCAST. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Cyberry Battle Royale podcast series led by Atlantic Data Forensics CEO, Brian Dykstra. Speaking with Brian is Daniel Clemens, the founder of Shadow Dragon, John Bricky, the cybersecurity evangelist and senior VP of MasterCard, and Ron Gula, the president and co-founder of Gula Tech Adventures. Brian leads this all-star live discussion recorded during an event at RSA about the investing in ROI on a conference floor and how building relationships and the niche connections are more important. All right, for the fourth and final round of the Cyberry Battle Royale podcast. All right, I'm Brian Dystra again from Atlantic Data Forensics. To my right is Daniel Clemens from Shadow Dragon. John Brecky from Mastercard. John, boy, Mike in just a tiny. Oh, bit. there, John, whoa, John whoa. From Mastercard. John Brecky from Mastercard. Wow. And Ron Gula, Gula Tech Adventures. Nice. All right. Like I said, simple questions, gentlemen. It's too late in the evening for anything else. All right, so first question up. Um, how many of you went over to the RSA trade show floor yet? I know you didn't because you just got here. Yeah, you can't see have. my hand raised on the no. podcast. You cannot see it. So yeah. I got Ron saying yes. Been there several times. Okay, yeah. so you, you've been there several times? I, this is Daniel. I've been there several times. I've, I, I think the first time I went was no, no, when... No, today. No. This year? No, definitely, I know. definitely I know. not. I, know. I did not go. I, know. I, I wasn't going to go. So I was able to go on the floor for about three hours and only made it through the Northern Expo Hall. That was a lot. Really? Yeah. I visited Cyberry. That was my first stop, actually. <laughs> got, I got a great update demo from them, and I was like, holy cow. They showed me what, what, what you know, the updates, and I said, this is great, but... I want you guys to do this, and I want you to do this. And and then I've heard today that we're really driving adoption at MasterCard, which I love. Nice. There you go. All right, so you, the two of you that got over there and, and, and tooled around in that, that thing. Yeah. Did you see anything over there that met, like, your current concerns right now? I, I have this this thing that I'm concerned with, and I saw a new solution, a new idea, a new something that I think might be the right thing for that. I didn't see anybody with a solution to the coronavirus. <laughs> Not <laughs> the, at all. The, the Wu-Tang. Yeah. I saw the Wu-Tang. The... Nobody had the Wu-Tang. That's right. No. But you know what I saw? and it, I, This may, may be self-serving to some here, but um, <clears throat> I, I'm like what I see with polarity. I, I saw them at Shmukon recently. I saw them today. And, um, yeah, I like that. For our listeners that aren't familiar with Polarity. Yeah. So, so for, for our security operations center, mm -hmm. it's really helping us leverage all the tools that we have, but creating a common one pane to share all the views, uh, all the, the alerts, and really pull together all the data that's out there and all your tools. So at MasterCard, our SOC operators, they're, they're overwhelmed with data. Sure. Yeah. And so, but I like uh, with Polarity was um, where we could leverage what we already have. We're, we're not, we're, it's adding a tool, but a tool that helps us use what we already have. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'd have to say 
between Cyberry and Polarity. Those are the two highlights so far of my RSA experience. Right. Almost like a uh, augmented reality for your desktop. If you yes. happen to be a, a Shadow Dragon sur, uh, subscriber, you could pull that threat intelligence in into that SOC operations center and have more efficient analysts. I don't know what you're talking about. The, the, <laughs> the, the other cool thing I saw was Risk Recon. Oh, I'm sorry. We just bought them. Uh, so, okay. yeah, that was so, kind of cool. So they were kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Ron, what'd you, I mean, you, so you look at all kinds of tech. Yeah, it's so constantly. tough. So between our direct investments and our, our fund to fund stuff, I mean, we're almost in almost 50 companies. Yeah. So when we walk the floor, part of it is stopping by the company. So like next mm -hmm. to Cyberry was Automox. Uh, we stopped by uh, Inky. We stopped by um, uh, Polarity, you know, stopped by Cyberary, stopped by uh, DNS Filter. And, uh, you know, with as an investor, just with that many companies, just to stop by and ask them how they were doing, what they're seeing, it's it's interesting. But as you're blowing by like, all those different companies and you start thinking about things like the NIST cybersecurity framework, is any of this going to really move my needle on what I'm doing? It's hard because all of the companies have the same buzzwords. It could be... Mm -hmm. Password management, it could be authentication, it could be next generation network analysis, full packet capture, file carving, right? And they all say the same thing. We help you with, you know, continuous cyber maturity models. And I screwed that up. We're drinking a lot here at Cyber today, <laughs> okay, aren't we? Yeah. Right, right. We're at but, the end here. Yeah, they're also the world leaders in that. That's right. Yes. That's right. Um, so it's so hard to grab that. And I feel so bad because you walk by these booths and it's like, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And it's like, no, not really, yeah. not really. And I feel I feel yeah. bad about that. But it's it's, um, you know, it's the nature of the business. No, I've got a question for you guys, or especially you, Ron. Um, what do you feel like as an from an investor's perspective is the ROI worth it for companies being on a show floor this huge and this you know you really have to be loud and obnoxious like um you know from my my company's perspective we've never taken that approach cuz we just feel like it's a negative ROI right but from an investor, like I can see the board of directors being very abstracted and being like, well, if you're not at RSA or you're not a black hat, you're, you're not making the traction. Yep. Your sales force isn't good enough. But there's this tension between the analysts. Like if I'm an analyst just walking the floor, I mean, gosh, this is this is overwhelming to an introvert. This is overwhelming to a decision maker. Yep. Like how how can there be a voice for um for those companies that really do have a differentiator, right? But also on the business side, what's the what's the ROI, right? Like, because I mean, I, I it's not I cheap to come know. here, right? It's not so, and it's a little unfair. So for this year, we actually had three companies in the RSA sandbox, right? Mm -hmm. So we had Tala, we had Inky, and we had um, App, App Omni. And they all had great RSAs because they got a lot of exposure. Right. They got to stand up in front of a bunch of investors and do that. Um, but when I saw those guys and I went to their booths, guess what? The CEO wasn't, wasn't at the booth at all. No, they, they just happened to not be there when I came back. But when I saw the CEO of Tala, for example, mm -hmm. it was really good. We caught up. He knew we were at the booth and stuff. Hey, where are you going? I'm coming from another meeting. So everybody has a booth on the floor. But then they have these other places, other hotel rooms, metronome, things like that. And it's really unfair. I mean, because you're, 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 um, the decision makers at these companies mm -hmm. are running around meeting with, with other people and not being at the booth. So you're kind of like, well, who's at the booth and who's seeing these things? It's, it's, it's tough to justify. Even Tenable, we went by and they have this amazing booth. They have a great booth. And they said they had 
three other places that they were meeting with people, um, which is amazing when you have that many customers. You so have to spend a lot time. of that. Yeah, yeah. we were talking to people. What that, do they call it? Suitcase salesman, something like right. that. Right. So what a lot of people are doing yeah. because the show floor is yeah. so crowded and it's hard to get anybody's attention and things like that. Is they're doing suites in the various hotels as a more effective way to in, to interact with their potential client right. base. You know, to increase that ROI at a at a lower cost. But, I mean, that's a. I would I would just argue like, hey, I'm 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 the CEO of our company. Like, I honestly like if people need to interact with me, like the process has already failed, right? Like, <laughs> and we don't really have a sales force, right? Like, it, it, we have processes for people to filter out, so I don't have to talk to anybody. Why is it the CEOs of some of these bigger companies having to have side meetings and sidebars like? Is their business process just failing? Is this RSA thing a whole scam? Like, I don't know. Sometimes like, people just like to talk to the man in charge. I know, but I'm just saying, like, you know, like if I'm an investor, like, why didn't you? I invested all this money for, you know, an applicable sales force on a big show floor to be capable. So it's hard right. to make noise at RSA. It really is. Yeah. Uh, we had people like Scythe introduce their their marketplace, and I would ask people, "Hey, have you heard about that?" I had I would everybody I would hear everything from who's Scythe to oh my God, we're participating in the marketplace, mm -hmm. which is so you just get that. But there's so much stuff announced here. There's so much stuff that's done here. It's it's kind of hard to make a difference. Right. It really it really is on top of coronavirus. You know, yeah, the Wu the Wu Tang is bad. Yeah. Right. So so on that. So you know, AT and T pulled, IBM pulled first, which which drug with it, Red Hat, um, you know, and then Verizon pulled. And so, you know, the, the RSA folks are saying, you know, attendance is down and stuff like that. Does, does it feel like it? Because it feels like there's still I mean, just the as the, many people, just so as many the, booths. The parties are crowded, like you can't get mm -hmm. through the halls and all. But um, I'll tell you back in your ROI question. Yeah, so yeah. the most meaningful discussions I had this year were not in the expo hall. Yeah. They, they were, you know, the people who reached out to me, who friends of mine said, you need to talk to these guys. And we met at a cafe. We met, you know, at another hotel. Some really good discussions yeah. and, and possi possibly sales leads. So could I ask you this question? Yeah. Would you rather, if, if you're going to be meeting at a cafe and, you know, you've got a magnet, a, a location as the magnet, would you rather be in San Francisco? Would you rather be in Florida? Would you rather be in the desert? Would you rather be in the mountains? Because it, it starts to kind of be this question of what's the most comfortable for these kind of offhand meetings? And should we shake it up in the industry a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, just because of the cost of travel and all that, like, I personally would rather be, I don't know, we have a tech hub in, in St. Louis. I'm moving to Dallas. I like Dallas. I love Dallas. But, uh, but even Vegas. Vegas is a lot more hotel rooms, and I know that that's a... That's a that's already a done deal, but um, we, you know we we have a presence here in in uh, San Francisco, and, and I'm, we're okay with being out here. Mm -hmm. um, that that's not so much of a problem, but um, I think it's you know it, it's pretty sad. But even people I know in the D.C. area, like we we meet out here and yeah. at RSA, yeah. so yeah. it's more about the event RSA Black Hat and yeah. other yeah. events. My my feeling is if you don't want to do it, don't do it. You know, so if you don't want to go to RSA. Don't go, but if you want to go, you need to go full press. You need to bring your A team, your B team, your junior people. You need to teach them how to man the booth. You need to teach the pitch. No, I, you I know, think you need that's to, a good you need point. To meet off site, you know, and if you don't is, do all that, you're not going to get a lot out of it. Here's the other end of that. 
do your clients go? Because, you know, I, I was pulling clients because obviously we're holding this, this large event and, you know, and I want to make sure that my, my best, biggest, most profitable clients yeah. show up at something like this. And I had a lot of, nope, we're not, we're not doing that. I'm not, it's just gotten so expensive. I, I can't, I can't, can't afford to send yeah. two people out to do that. Yeah, so you're balancing so so a typical CISO with a SOC team, red team, blue team, all yeah. all that. You know, you're balancing career development with the fear of missing out. Right. Like like you know, if you skip RSA one year and your company doesn't go out of business and you actually did training with perhaps I don't know, Cyberary, you know, something yeah. like that. You know, maybe your team's going to be better off. And there's some excellent training there. Yeah. That Dijkstra guy just killing it. That's right. Yeah. On the um, other hand, you know, if you didn't come, you know, think about what happened here. You know, we have the uh, Cloud Security Alliance, right? We have the Cyber Threat uh, Alliance. We have. There's a lot of things that happen here that it might not occur under the brand of RSA, but there's so many things that happen here. That might be a reason why people are I, I coming. I went to in. a dinner last yeah. night yeah, that, I mean, that probably made my next two quarters. Exactly. You know. I I I, I agree. I, I, for me, it's all about the relationship. Yep. You know, it's not about those lights. It's about, you know, I, I wouldn't come. I've been on and off at RSA since like 1999, right? So it's like, it's all about the relationships. It's about those niche connections, like events like what Atlanta Data Forensics put mm -hmm. on that, that's, you know, invite, it's, you know, right people, it's the right atmosphere, the right demeanor. And, and that's the value that I like. But you know, it's going to be different strokes for different folks. You know? And and just think about all the things you can't do, but that that happened here. So there's like cyber women events. There was a scholarship event for yeah. for students. I know John Strand and Paula Sidorian. Mm -hmm. They went. They sat with a table with like students in college. I'm like, how awesome was is that? If you're lucky enough to get to go, because it's so hard to kind of understand RSA and actually get value out of it. You kind of got to go once or twice and almost have people walk you around to, I hate to, it sounds like high school, but like, you know, the right parties, the right venture capital events, you know, the right, um, you know, the right types of things. If you just come and right. walk the floor and leave, you're going to probably be like, wow, I didn't no, enjoy I, that. You I, know? I think it's a great point. I remember the first time I went to, to DevCon, um, I ran into uh, Marty Roish and Jeff Nathan. And I had my, I, I was so nervous. I had my TCPIB Illustrated book with me while I was there. Right. Shout out and to Richard Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Stevens. I was a Richard Stevens guy. <laughs> and Jeff Nathan pulled me aside and he said, Hey man, you're going to come with me to every talk for this whole day. And, and anything that you're not, you're not connecting with, I'm just going to fill you in. And he went with me literally every talk, every day. He took me to every talk and, and he would just say, hey, this is what that guy's really talking about. Don't worry about this, some of the stuff. You know, and like that really molded my direction as doing protocol analysis, IDS stuff, as an analyst. Like if we can't push that confidence into the younger group, I mean, what are we doing? You yeah, know? I actually got my job here at RSA three years ago. Nice. I actually met. That's the CISO and MasterCard. So I, I met him once before, but I knew he was coming to RSA. I reached out to him and said, hey, I'd like to talk to you at RSA. I was retiring from the military. Uh, of course, talk, I talked to Ron about this, too. Um, and uh, it was here at RSA that we we had a 20-minute discussion. That's great. We really got into, hey, what, what can I do for the private sector? And then the next discussion was, hey, maybe you should come work for me. So Andrew Morris from Grey Nice had a similar story. I'm not going to go into it a whole lot, um, but he had somebody walk him around and kind of explain, you know, those good 
first few things and stuff like that. And unfortunately, I think it really means that there's a lot of silicon snake oil and kind of BS out mm -hmm. there. And if you don't have somebody kind of saying, look, you know, this is a vendor pitch. It's a good vendor, but they're trying to sell you a, a, a widget. The problem they're talking about is a real problem, and, and we need automation and, 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 and a technical solution from the vendor community to solve it. Um, but, you know, keep that in mind when you're hearing so-and-so pitch about this at a keynote or, yeah. or something like that. Hmm. All right, next question up. Ready for this one? Uh, what's the coolest thing you're working on right now? Who wants to start? Wow. Start over here at MasterCard. Come on. Man, we're, we're doing some really cool stuff. So I just stood up a security research team about five months ago. And uh, and what we're doing right now for, the, for, for MasterCard, mainly for the CISO, is we're trying to, to explain the future to him and all of his directs. And, and not just explain what it means, like translate all the noise out there and the trends and when I say the future, I'm like three to five years. Right. Mm -hmm. But the so what? Like, we're going to say, here's what we think is going to happen <laughs> and what's going on. And we, we even hired a futurist to look out 10 years. And we brought in customers for all this. But then we're going to say, so what? What does it mean to your application security team, to your threat response team, to your GRC team? How can we help them extend their roadmaps? And, and that's what, this is the most meaningful conference of my career because it actually, I'm actually talking to people and, and, mm -hmm. and getting feedback from them and trying to actually make that actionable for my job. I'm not just, I'm not, you know, I'm not just getting t-shirts. I've only got one t-shirt this whole conference. Really? What was it? The company we bought, Risk Recon. All right. Because it has our, our logo on the back. But, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually talking to people. Uh, Mark Weatherford, for example, former DHS, um, and others who who I respect and I know, yeah. and I need to talk to you, Ron, um, about hey, wh what do I need to be thinking about two, three years from now, so that I can I can help my peers at Mastercard extend their roadmaps into the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just last podcast we had Joey Johnson, Premise Health, so yeah. in here, and he was talking about that, like. We have this three-year look forward to do. He's like, because anything beyond that, uh, yeah, a little sketchy. Yeah, that's yeah. what Mark told me. Mark told me, like, yeah, yeah, even like beyond two years in Silicon Valley. So yeah, I'm, I'm really just trying to help them for the next funding cycle, yeah. and help to support mm -hmm. them and say, hey, here's here's what I think's going on. He, I can help you with POCs and experiments in our cyber range, and here are the companies we've been talking to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, trying cool. to help out the business. Dan, coolest thing you're working on right now? All right, so we haven't talked about this publicly yet, but um, are, are, are you going to talk about bum, it? Bum, bum. I'm going to talk about Link. Oh. Okay, go ahead. Should I talk about that? I, I yeah. too I, late. Okay, so, so here we go. It. So um, I, we've had customers for the last six years ask for this. Uh, the, the, basically, and an investigative tool that combines link analysis in the browser, which is not a part of a, you know, a standard library, um, monitoring, reporting, and data set uh, analysis where they can offload their data sets to other services, right? Um, so we've uh, done our proof of concepts. We can load over 10,000 nodes in the browser, in the link analysis platform, um, 
faster than all the competitors out there right now. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. We're going to take our Skunk Works projects of uh, doing reporting. We've done tons of reporting in um, another company, Packet Ninjas, where we basically wrote a little web app that just you know streamlined reporting uh, for analysts so they don't have to write crappy Word documents anymore. And um, then we've actually integrated um, heat maps that are relevant to a analyst workflow on things that they're they're looking at. So um, we're calling it Link because that's what we came up with, and um, we're we're pretty excited just because clients have been asking for it for five or six years, and we kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and well, Is there an three months it's going to be in production. So. Any cool cute with the link? Is there a cue in there or anything like that? No, uh, we're thinking just like visually, like very literally, like chains. So it like visualizes the link, the missing link. I kind of wanted a link from the past from, you know, Zelda, right? But I don't think we can get away with that in, in a copyright and issue. Then you got sued. Right, right. But like a link to the past, like, because basically all your artifacts, if you're going to be finding something on the inter internet, it's going to be a link to the past or it's going to be some link that you find. But we can't really do that because legal said no. Um, so whatever the graphic designer comes up with that's cool. Whatever. Right, so I, I'm one yeah. of those clients been asking for that. So Brian's, I'm super excited about this. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. I mean, think about your i2 or your your Maltego, but in a web browser, so you don't have to have something client side. Palantir, Palantir. Yeah. Get some yeah, of that IPO goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like. Uh, yeah. It, 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 I think it'll end up very much looking like. It may. It may be very similar to that, but I think maybe sexier. Because we have a really good graphic oh. designer guy. Oh, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that's a that's a bold statement. It is there, a bold Mr. statement. Hey, when 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 <laughs> I can right click in the browser, that's a cool thing. That's it a, is. That, that is a cool thing. That is like I, that solves a lot of like deployment issues for you know government clients. Yeah. And commercial clients, where Definitely. you don't like, and you can be on your iPad. Maybe sitting in a car with a cop, giving him probable cause on something, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for example. Well, for, for you example, know, you, just like some those, minor use cases. Those yeah. are some use cases that <laughs> we last night we, we, up on the streets. Yeah, right, we right, may right, have right. we may have helped some some uh, law enforcement entities with so far as we've like kind of test ro rolled some of this out, like in an operational capacity. We've kind of pushed this to have multiple police departments running some of these things and and then roll in the car with them and give them insights and they can you know run it in their car and they don't have to be super technical and 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 my goal for this is like I want analysts to focus on the content of the problem like they don't need to focus on the formatting so that's kind of like our internal philosophy like how can we get folks like you know levels of cops up to greater analysts to use a tool that's Pretty simple. Still waiting for my alpha access. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for I that. I know. I know. Um, well, I mean, you make me come down there and, and, I have and sit to, with the I, dev I, team I, and I be hate like, to "Hey guys." Say it, but as you guys know, like graphics and UI are the hardest things. Like logic, computer science, all the other cool stuff. It's already done. <sighs> That's it. I'm coming down to Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ron. Coolest thing. So as a lot of you guys know, Gula Tech Adventures is all about, you know, supporting other people. So yep. we do fund to fund, we do series A, we do seed. Um, and it's just really an honor to kind of work with all the different companies we're working with. Right. And, and, so and you're doing it in a 
magnificent yeah, sponsoring fashion. Stuff, so many companies doing open source, free stuff, nonprofit stuff, definitely digital campaigns. But the the one thing I'm really looking forward to the most is we're doing a um, a pitch event. So it's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar pitch event. We call it CyberQuest. It's April twenty first. Um, you know, we're getting submissions. I've actually had a lot of people at RSA now that RSA is kind of almost over, they're saying, Hey, I'm going to submit, you know, do stuff like that. So it's April 21st. Anybody who's got a startup, it's cyber, you know, AI, big data, but as long as it's a technology kind of company in that space, uh, we're, we're taking that. Our portfolio companies are going to pick the top five. And then I've got six judges nice. uh, that are going to pick the, uh, the winner. And we're going to do the big fat check. We're going to do uh, good stuff and we're going to work on this company and we're, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm so looking forward to attending that, by the way. But uh, yeah, that's so, that's cool. But but so, along yeah. with that, your your other companies. I mean, out of your portfolio, you have a whole bunch of companies. Yeah, like I said, we had doing really well. Yeah. So Ron, I mean, just amazingly with, with so many companies that you're involved with. How are you like really like dividing up your day? Like, what what's the advice that you can give to you know other executives and other folks that are like really kind of investing and leaning in? But like, man, you got a lot of stuff on your plate. Like, what are you? How so, are you doing that? Um, so the way we're doing it is very untraditional for for a venture capital fund. So we don't have we don't have LPs, right? We were fortunate enough to create enough equity that we could invest directly, make quick decisions, and we'll do everything from a small investment to teeing up somebody's you know Series A and 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 whatnot. So the broad view of the market, you know, being an LP in about six different funds, being you know directly investing in a bunch of different companies, we can make really good decisions pretty quickly. And uh, one of the decisions we're going to have to make is wrapping this up in a little yes. bit because with the bars <laughs> yeah. actually shutting us down yeah. right right now. Um, but the perspective we get, uh, the amount of diligence that we can run, it's really uh, really good. Now we're not perfect. We've had companies go out of business. We've had companies, you know, just just not have great exits. Um, but you know, having three companies in the sandbox, having probably six company raise more than a ten million dollar round this year, you know, I kind of think we're onto something. Yeah. So we're having a lot of fun and helping a lot of people. I think you so are. So how's yeah. your daily workflow looking like? I mean, so the co the coolest thing about being an investor is like after being a CEO, you're responsible for every person in that company. Right. As an investor, you are available, and um, you know you can try to get ahead of them as much as possible, but you're not directly responsible. So um, even though we take that responsibility of investing pretty seriously, you know we are not micromanaging. We're trying to pick winners and pick teams and give them the best advice possible. Nice, nice. All right, gentlemen. That was awesome, but we got to shut it down. Amen. Awesome. Thank cool. you very much. Thank you. Hey, this is Thor. Thanks for listening to the Cyberry podcast, and make sure to check back next Wednesday for our newest episode.